Welcome to another edition of Light Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast half full editor. Joining me as always is my colleague and co-host, David Weintrich. Howdy. Um, David and I, um, as uh, we promised uh, in our in our last episode, uh, we um, want to do a tribute and a memorial to our friend and colleague and, you know, half full columnist, Gary Regan, who passed away in uh, November of uh, 2019, just a couple of months ago. And, um, you know, I think I think it was actually Dave's idea to, to bring in some special guests for this. Um, and I couldn't think of two better people than Dale DeGroff, who we have spoken about actually quite a bit on this podcast over over the uh, last two years. Some of it in a complimentary fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, Dale, who, who really needs no intro. I mean, if, if you've listened to Life Behind Bars before, but he is the, the father of the rebirth of the cocktail, uh, you know, a real bartender's bartender. Uh, you know, I, don't, I think just about everybody in, the, in this industry has some story, some connection where Dale sort of stepped in and, and, and mentored them and, and helped them and you know uh, one of you know Gary Regan's oldest friends in this industry um, uh, and you know I, you know sort of uh, I always think of the two of you together so so thank you for coming in I'm delighted to be here on Gary's behalf <laughs> it takes several people to fill his it shoes does. <laughs> yes I think the four of us could barely yeah. do it no <laughs> or to or to drain his cocktail glass certainly uh, <laughs> and then also we have with us. Um, Julie Reiner, who is, you know, a fixture of the New York bar scene, uh, owner of Clover Club and Leyenda in Cobble Hill and, uh, you know, one of Gary's longtime friends. And, you know, it's wonderful to have you here. And, Thanks so much. Yeah. It's happy, happy to be here. While we start to talk, Gary, you know, super fan of the Negroni, uh, you know, as it sort of rose to... Uh, you know, prominence in, I don't know, the last 10 years or so in the U.S. Gary is one of the big proponents. I have tasked Dale to uh, whip us up a round of, of Negronis. We're using um, a gin that was uh, Todd and Vixen's, that, that was Gary's, I guess, last project. It was his final, final spirits project. Yeah, that he was consulting <clears throat> on. And, um, and, of course, to make um, the Negroni, we have um, this crazy uh, spoon, stirrer. Um, I don't, you know, it serves the flies. I don't know what to call it. I mean, it looks like a sex toy, but. <laughs> you I, beat I'm, me to the punch there. It is, uh, yeah. it is uh, Gary was famous for finger stirring Negronis where he would literally put his yes. finger into your glass and, and stir it around. Um, it was a great party <laughs> trick. Uh, it, was, it, was good, it was a good trick for him because he'd show up. There'd be a team of bartenders actually making the Negronis. <laughs> And then he would just sort of finish them with a, you know, a stir. Um, so uh, at some point, he, you know, with Cocktail Kingdom, they did an actual kind of cast mm -hmm. of his um, finger. And now as we have here, um, <laughs> this crazy stir at the end of it is is exactly a replica of Gary's finger. So for the rest of it's time. It's a little less wet. <laughs> for the rest and of probably time. probably cleaner. <laughs> wow. More sanitary for the rest of time. This, I think, is... Uh, never anything under the nails. No. no. no never, <laughs> never. Not on this thing. Dishwasher safe. I, I always uh, thought Gary's nails were clean, I have to say. Yeah, I, I always... You know, he was a bartender. Yeah. I mean, I think when he knew he was going to stick his finger in a Negroni, yeah. that he really made sure to, to scrub, scrub yeah. well. One yeah. would hope. One would hope. Um, 
But maybe you know. not on every single occasion because who does that? <laughs> or is the night wore on? And, and obviously yeah. the Negroni, which is equal parts, give or take, of uh, obviously Campari, the sort of uh, super red uh, Italian aperitif, uh, one part gin and then one part sweet vermouth, all equal parts, although – there are, there are different schools on that. I, would, but, yeah. I was just about to say Gary once took me for task about um, jiggering because he always believed that with a lot of the ingredients, you had to taste them to make sure that they you know, were in harmony. So, you, so a recipe couldn't be finite in his mm-hmm. mind, which I agree, but was obviously um, a terrifying concept for a writer or an editor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not to mention uh, many of our younger bartenders these days. One-ish, yeah. one-ish part gin, yeah. one-ish part. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't, on how you're feeling. And I don't that. remember exactly. Ice, what, ladies and gentlemen. I, you are, you are, you are, Ice is the only way to go. You are King Cocktail, yeah. so we're, we're uh, in your hands. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure the Negroni would have become as big as it was. Ah, uh, sound effects. Sound effects. <laughs> I love it. This is new for us. I know. I'm glad that we brought them in. Uh, I know. Fully artists and bartenders. <laughs> uh, I know. Uh, lead us in the uh, morning. Yeah, I would just like to say uh, to Gaz, uh, we're all going to come and join you one of these days, <laughs> and uh, the tab will probably go to me. <laughs> for sure. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Cheers. I, I was a little dubious that Dale could pull it off, but um, I'm glad that you were able to do it. Look, bartender's bartender. I clean my messes up as I go. <laughs> well, this is the first Negroni you've ever made, so. I know. Well, maybe the first with Gary's finger. Um, I, you know, that's. Uh... Yeah, probably not even. <laughs> but he used the actual finger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for the record, it was he used the finger stirrer. Would yeah. You... I actually made him wrong for years. I had it in my menu. It really is 87. You know, it was on my earliest yeah. menus. And I used to serve him up. Mm. Until the Italians came yeah. and said, Ma, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, on the other hand, you know, it's pretty good up. <laughs> yeah. I know, still like them like that if not, I'm having it before dinner. You I know? found for Americans, it got, yeah. too, it got too bitter. Too bitter. Yeah. Because the dilution oh, is what. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It opens it up. And the gin itself, you can really, I mean, I'm not, I, I never got the chance to talk to Gary about why he created the botanicals like they were. And, and Jeffrey Morgenthaler and a few other folks also weighed in. I think Leo Robichek and. Mm-hmm. But it works, I think, very well in a granny with a lot of botanicals yeah. stand up to the vermouth and the Campari. Sure. So, that makes a, a very appetizing uh, morning drink. <laughs> Good, well, morning, mean, I, look, Good morning. I mean, that's how Gary probably started every morning, right? So wow. uh, that's at least how I'd like to think of him, you know, wake up, <laughs> I think of, dressing robe, having his morning Negroni. I mean, somebody's got to start with the anecdotes, so I'll start yes, with one. Please. Uh, I was in uh, Kentucky with Gary and uh, his uh, semi-estranged wife at the time, Marty, and uh, whiskey expert Jim Murray. A the lot four of personality of us, yeah, in No, it was, it was a pretty dull lot. But uh, <laughs> a, 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 no. we, we were there, guests yeah. of Heaven Hill, and we ended up in our hotel room drinking a lot of Heaven Hill whiskey with Parker Beam and his son Craig and uh, Amy Presky, who was their press person. And these are also fairly um, uh, reserved people who really don't have a lot to say. No. <laughs> no. Or, or the opposite. But anyway, and, and we sampled a, a, a good – uh, amount of the uh, product range of, of, of Heaven Hill. And uh, I woke up the next morning and, you know, the mirror is never particularly kind to me, but boy, it was ugly that morning. <laughs> it was just looking at me and I was looking at it and it was not happy at all. And neither was I. So I went downstairs. We were staying at the old Brown Hotel. Uh, and uh, I went downstairs to uh, 
round up some kind of hangover cure, anything, you know, from a revolver to, uh, to, uh, <laughs> something. to, to something. Anyway, and uh, I see sitting at the bar, which was closed, but sitting at the bar, this is, you know, this is like 15 years ago, is Gary with this device in front of him. It's like a little keyboard with a BlackBerry plugged into it. You know, he always had all kinds of high-tech toys. And uh, he, he looked just as bad as I did. And I would not have dreamed of doing any kind of work of any kind right. in that state. It was just not possible. And there's Gary. I was, you know, what are you doing, my friend? And he says, oh, I'm working on my column. Says, Doesn't your head hurt? Of course it hurts. But, you know, he was – he had a work ethic. Oh, yeah. He, he, I mean, he was he was the definition of just, you know, on with the show no matter what. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and I would have – I would use any excuse to punk out, like, on my column, as Noah knows. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried them all many oh, times. Yeah. He's, he's got a catalog. Funny because it's true. And I think Gary, like, you know, as he got ever more famous, he, you know, and he was a sort of rock and tour and bon vivant. And, but we kind of forget that, you know, when he when I first met him 20 years ago, give or take, I mean, the only books that were really available about cocktails mm-hmm. and spirits – were ones that he wrote or co-wrote. I mean, there weren't many others. No, they really at the weren't. Time. I mean, they were yeah. literally, and and the ones that had been printed had been in print forever. And then you know, it was like a desert until Dale. You published your book, The Craft of the Cocktail, which kind of blew stuff up and changed everything. And but in between that period, I mean, it was. I mean, there was Gary's uh, Modern Classics, which yeah. was uh, that was the first time somebody had put like. Uh, reasonably good new drinks together between covers in ages. Yeah. I mean all the when when I signed a contract to uh to do the Esquire drinks book in 2000 or 2001, the publisher handed me their other cocktail book which was uh from Australia. All the drinks were green and neon and all of them had uh, Midori in them and two other liqueurs at least. You know, and that, that was like that was their idea of a cocktail book. Actually in 1998, a young bartender from the townhouse in in Emeryville, California wrote that wonderful book with Laura Moorhead. Yeah. Uh, cocktail. Pa- Paul Harrington, yeah. Paul Harrington. And that was a beautiful book. We were, I mean, but that, I mean, it's, but literally you could count them on like one yeah. hand. I mean, yeah. It was there not, really, there was, there was and, not much. And Gary's book on bourbon. I mean, that was, was so far ahead yeah. of the, yeah. like, curve. so, I mean, he, you're right. He did have a real work ethic. And I think sometimes it gets lost now because he was such a big personality that people forget that he it was really I'm serious. packing up house now. Yeah. And I'm packing up my library, and I keep coming by more and more and more of Gary's books. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I, I forgot how many I had, yeah. you know. Yeah, he uh, kept writing them. He, <laughs> and, he, and he wrote that column in the Chronicle for a year. Well, I yeah. mean, it was the mm-hmm. most famous. In the yearly manual. Right. You know, uh, speaking as a, as a drinks historian, his commitment to that was 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 really quite strong you know yeah. and he wanted to get things right which is for for somebody which we who we think of as as being this just character and, and bon vivant and agent of chaos you know he, he really <laughs> he really wanted to to yeah. get the stories accurately yeah. you know and and joy of mixology the history part there was mm-hmm. the first like long term long long form accurate treatment of mixology since uh, uh since william grimes is like 15 years before yeah. or 12 years before and uh, gary's was you know even more detailed and uh, what in, year in many did that ways. come out that was 2003 it came out but he, it was supposed yeah. to come out earlier yeah he wrote it earlier and then it got delayed yeah it, it well, that was one of the first books that i got my hand on. I, I opened Flatiron Lounge in mm-hmm. 2003, and up until that point, it was I was sort of just flying in the wind, yeah. trying to figure out what to do, and, mm-hmm. and there was 
there wasn't any information really out there. Dale walked into my bar and I was like, who are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. That still happened. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I quickly, you know, more grasped more on. Days. I was like, oh, tell me something. Tell me anything. Right. Yeah. You know, teach me. Um, but that book, you know, was was really an eye opener for me, you know, and trying to I was I was still learning, but yet had opened a bar. Um, and I was so thankful that that he had written it and the way that he separated the drinks into categories yeah. really made a lot of sense for young bartenders who mm-hmm. were trying to make their way through and learn about classic cocktails, right. but still trying to create new cocktails right. for for the, the masses was a great thing to have. And I mean, I think his own story is, is really interesting. I mean, Dave, you wrote, of course, uh, a history of, of Gary, um, <laughs> but he'd, he'd come over from Blackpool, England, right? I mean, which mm-hmm. is, and, and, you know, with, I guess there were a whole bunch of folks from Blackpool who'd come over to work in bars in New York, you know, in the 70s. And I remember him talking about Fern Bars on the Upper East Side and, you know, all the way on York and First. And I mean, we, I mean, it's kind of amazing that out of all of those crazy bars were certainly not craft cocktail bars, you know. Absolutely not. <laughs> but, you know, he, he was always learning. That was the thing about uh, Gary was he was a very curious man. Mm-hmm. He just always wanted to see what was going on and, and, to, yeah. to, and to, to look into things. And I think that's one of the traits that keeps you young in this world is, is, yeah. is just being curious. Wanting to know what happens or what's going on or how did that work and mm-hmm. and he was always he was always big on that so even what even in the fern bar days you know he was like collecting recipes and right. and you know he was like let me let me know all the recipes you know which yeah. is rather than just ah they don't need to, you know he 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 didn't I don't think he treated his his customers with contempt like like so many bartenders did back then never no. yeah I, and Gary is a. a Gaz, I guess I want to call him Gaz now. Uh, as a presenter, I mean, I never were, you know, he traveled the same as I did and David does. I never went, was at a festival or anywhere when Gary was performing that I did not attend because every time I attended, you know, there was some something about his past, about his dad, about his life, and his right. pub, about this, about that. That was something I hadn't heard before. But there is one story, and I think all of us know it, but maybe the people listening don't. <laughs> when his dad had the Prince Rupert, was it, in the bad neighborhood? Yeah, it was the Prince Rupert, exactly. Right. His dad, um, there was a real tough guy in town named Blosh. And Blosh, <laughs> every saloon owner, a pub owner in the town was quaked when Blosh came in. In Blackpool. He was, okay. He was, he was famous. It was, it was, it was fisticuffs and that in kind like of thing. The 50s. It wasn't in Blackpool. It was outside of Manchester and it was in a really tough part outside 50s, of Manchester. 60s, I guess. Bolton, yeah. Bolton, you said? The yeah, place? I think it was in Bolton. Yeah. yeah. And it was in the 60s. Yeah. So yeah. the only person who didn't quake when Blosh came in the door was Bernard? Bernard, yeah. And Garrett in said. fact, Bernard insisted that as soon as Blosh came in, if he was upstairs, to call him immediately because he wanted to take care of Blosh. And when Blosh came in, he'd come up to the bar and Bernard would say, Good evening, Mr. Blosh. What can I get for you? You know, he'd serve him a bitters or whatever. And then he'd have another and then he'd have a third. Absolute on his best behavior. And Bernard was there chatting, you know. You know, with him, happy to see him, you know, and showing him a lot of deference. And then after his third one, there was always music in, in, in Gaz's dad's bars. He always had a little orchestra playing, and that this was no exception. But, and it, th- this was a regular routine. After his third one, he got up, 
And he sang Danny Boy so beautiful that there were people crying in the <laughs> beer. Mm-hmm. And Gaz this guy was terrifying. Perceives too. it like this. He said, "Blush, uh, he wasn't mean. He was just afraid. He was afraid that people wouldn't respect him. He was afraid of the way he would right. be treated. So when mm-hmm. you, when my dad gave him respect, he gave love in return." Yeah, when he sang that song, Danny wow. Boy, you know, and that's a beautiful story. Yeah, about yeah. bartending, about being a customer, about everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know? well, it's I about mean, about being human. You yes. know, yeah. Well, and I think when Gary came here, and he, you know, he kind of he never he brought the bar with him. He brought the pub, and like mm-hmm. you know, when there was a bunch of us with him, it felt like we were you know a crowded pub, you know, all having a good time. And when it was just the two of us, it felt like you know you're in a quiet pub with a bartender, and then. He's polishing glasses and putting away stuff and sharing wisdom and maybe pour something that he'd been saving oh, for himself. And, you know. he, he was always so companionable. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. uh, people. We, we were all at the uh, tribute that we had here to him in, in New York uh, the other night. And a lot of people spoke about, you know, how uh, Gary inspired them, which he did. But for me, the the thing that was the highest praise I could say is he was always good company, you know, is he was somebody you could sit and talk to. Yeah. And uh, if you were passing time with Gary, you were doing something, yeah. you know, it was, it was good. Yeah. And, so, and I would say that about anybody here. It's, it's like, the, it, it, that's a, that's a beautiful thing in this world. This world is a hard world, I think. And as, as we see every day and to have somebody who makes it a pleasure to pass your time is, is a, uh, uh, that's a rare gift, and, and he had that in spades. Yeah, we're in the business of doing that, aren't we? And aren't we lucky because we are? You know, we're yeah. in the business of one side of the bar or the other of being able to connect with people if we choose. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah. uh, on any level we choose on a regular basis, and that for human beings, uh, it's not available to everybody. It's yeah. a, it's a yeah. nice thing. It's a nice thing. I uh, first met Gaz on a trip to Peru. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that oh, God. Famous trip. Um, the famous trip to Peru. <laughs> Infamous, uh, I think, is the word yeah. you're looking for. But it was really funny because we were traveling, you know, from Lima to Cusco, and uh, we got on this bus, and, and I sat down in a seat, and Gaz sat next to me and was like, I'm going to be your seatmate. <laughs> And and I was like, oh, cool. great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> who are you? Just yeah. as I didn't know who Dale yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I, I you know I was like, all right. I had read Gary's oh book, and mm-hmm. then and then he sat next to me. And I was like, oh, you're the guy. But it was it was so great because we spent a lot of time on this bus, and we would we were we went to Machu Picchu, and we went mm-hmm. to all of these places, and I would get back on the bus and just sit with Gaz, and we right. would talk the whole time, and you know drink pisco sours everywhere we went, and uh, yeah. Gaz. As of the entire group of people was the only one who didn't get sick on the trip. <laughs> we were all like, well, he's, yeah. he must be pickled. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like iron. the only one. <laughs> well, he, uh, he, I remember him telling me a story. I mean, he, at a certain point, he created his own with, with his, his former wife, Marty, the Regan's bitters, the orange bitters. And that's why the S is after the, you know, it's multiple Regans who created mm-hmm. it. He was always told me like, no, it's not apostrophe S, it's S apostrophe. And they created the orange bitters because there were no orange bitters like widely available that he could get, right? So he created his own. They put a photo of Gary on the bottle, which I still have on my desk, right? And it's, you know, back in the day when Gary had a very big 
crazy beard. beard that <laughs> looks sort of like a revolutionary uh, Civil War, you know, reenactor. Yeah, he looked, and, kind of looked like John Brown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was sort of like the Whiskey Rebellion right here. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, there's a sort of picture, kind of lithograph of him on the bottle. And he said that once on a trip like this, he sat down next to a young bartender and they were talking, great conversation. And at one point, the, the bitters came up because she clearly had no idea who Gary was. <laughs> And he said, oh, so what do you think of the bitters? Like, oh, I love them. They're great. But who's the old guy on the label? <laughs> and Gary just thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever heard. He's like, yeah, I'm yeah. the old guy. <laughs> he, he had uh, lost his beard yeah, at that time. Yeah, that, yeah. that bartender's yeah. name was Bonnie because oh, really? I, I was on the trip. <laughs> she was from London. Now she's in Australia. Right. And she's actually, I think she left the bar business maybe. No, no. I, no, she's still in the bar business. She's up in Brisbane, I think. Uh, a lovely woman. And the, another little story about that. Yeah. We we all had been at La Capilla drinking oh, heavily. Yeah. So the groups of us are walking back towards our two hotels, which are close to each other. And we come to this big plaza with like a whole bunch of graffiti on a wall mm -hmm. there. So I don't know if it was Dre or his partner, Henry or somebody. Mm -hmm. So yeah. maybe it was Gaz. I don't know. And they said, hey, Bonnie. And they gave Bonnie a camera and we all went over to the wall. We all turned around and mooned the camera. <laughs> and Bonnie's standing in the middle of the square. And suddenly we see this look on her face and she runs down the street over there waving her hands. Hi, hi. And so we all pull up our pants real quick. This Jeep comes along <laughs> with four guys with submachine guns. Oh, yeah. She said, oh my God, this is so cool. Can I have a picture with you guys? And she jumps in the front seat of the Jeep. <laughs> and gives one of us the camera so she can get her picture taken. <laughs> she saved Wow. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. I've seen those Jeeps wow. come around oh, in Mexico uh, yeah. lighting off fireworks at midnight in a very uh, quiet village, uh, which is a very bad idea, but uh, <laughs> wow. we might have been um, hitting the mezcal Bonnie a little Shearson, bit, too. I think she was yeah. a lovely woman. That's funny. At a certain point, Gary obviously had a very serious case of cancer of the jawline and tongue or the mm -hmm. tongue, yeah. And he, you know, he was able to survive and, you know, he lost the beard, but he, I mean, it's sort of, I don't know, he came through fire and almost reinvented himself like mm -hmm. a phoenix. Astonishingly, and, yeah. And, I know. And he became Gaz out of this, you know, what would have crippled yeah. most mortal humans. You know, most people sort of, sulk for the rest of their yeah. lives with that kind of an injury, yeah. but he was like in Boldened by it, he was. You know, and then he started wearing eyeliner. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. A, it was just on one eye. Just one, on one eye. Oh yeah, I had the eye. joy of actually applying it for him oh, once uh, at one of the world class. Uh, oh, that was yeah. the time it wasn't oh, yeah. crooked. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, when he didn't have a smear. Yeah, which was hysterical. You know, standing there putting eyeliner on gas on the under, like on, yeah, and he wanted under. it a very specific way. You know, yeah. It was like it had to be. And then he showed me the photo of what it needed to look like so, that and then the, the pointing at the camera yeah, yeah you know we have all these photos yeah. of all of us mm -hmm. and it was always gas with the point and everybody joined you know everybody followed suit Which i guess you can use the stirrer for too if you want yeah uh, yeah, yeah exactly now we can well, all well he wasn't wearing the eyeliner when i spent a uh, long weekend in belfast with with him and his Cousin good idea. and nephew, <laughs> yeah. but his cousin and nephew came over from Lancashire, and you know you could see like it was very interesting because you could see where 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 Gaz went in a completely different direction. Uh -huh. But you could see also, I mean, these guys are fairly hard guys, you know, and I mean it's a it's a tough part of the world up there, and you know not they're they're, they're not people to let all their feelings and hang Gary, out. Gary wasn't a big guy. I mean, he he was certainly heavier back in the day, but he he was it, scrappy. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. I, I never yeah. saw it, that side of him, but. But uh, 
uh, Jimmy Duke did. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he said he could handle himself just fine oh, if, yeah. if the occasion rose, you know. And back before, you know, you know the cancer, he, he definitely was much bigger temper. He hadn't found meditation yet. I remember yeah. walking through Whiskey Fest with him early, <laughs> like, you know, like it was like it was before it like actually started and it was just press and it was like him and Marty and I and this was I mean probably oh two maybe oh three at the most. I don't know. And Gary is, you know, in like a stage whisper about every booth we pass, like ah like that thing, like, yeah. like they make that in, you know, blah blah blah, you know. Ah, this what what like asking people look terrified. You know, <laughs> came through. I was just, you know, I just said nothing, walking behind them, you know, trying not to laugh. Uh, you know what blew me away of uh, at the memorial that we had this last mm-hmm. Monday? Uh, so many wonderful speakers. Among them was this old friend of ours, Linnell, who had a liquor sh- shop here in town, and then went down in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Now she was. The last time she spent time with Gaz, you know, he had kind of a breakdown. He was, you know, but but the one thing he said to her that just slammed into her, she said, he said, I, I met Amy 14, 15 years ago, and I wished I'd known earlier that I could be this happy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And wow, I always thought he was a pretty happy guy, yeah. but this was a... A big deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was he was much mellower, you know, in in oh, in, yeah. in later years, too. and uh, yeah, and I mean, he was still mischievous. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, he, I, yeah. I was I was with him in uh, in cognac. You know, this is where you see people uh, often is is on trips, and you you know if if you're if you're in this business, and. Uh, we were. Uh, it's a terrible business. It's a terrible business. Weird. I know we're on all these strange for, places. For our uh, family listening, these trips are terrible. They take hard their work. toll on us. They're hard work, nonstop. <laughs> They're grim. Oh, it's the worst. But uh, we worked the whole time. The whole time, <laughs> especially those Hawaiian From trips. Oh, the sun rough, down. rough. <laughs> Twenty-hour days. Shh, get well. me in trouble, Dale. <laughs> Well, th- th- this time uh, we were enjoying ourselves in, in tasting cognac and cellars and all, all that kind of stuff, which is really extremely pleasant. Uh, and then uh, they said, well, we're going to go and take a barge down the Charant River. And uh, Gary, <laughs> would you and Dave make cocktails for everybody on the barge? And we were like, okay. Uh, we, they said, what would you need? We said, well, you need some cognac. They, we have that. <laughs> right. We'll need some Cointreau. We figured sidecars. Everybody right. likes a sidecar. Right. We have that. And we'll need some lemons and ice. And they said, well, let's go to the supermarket. And so they pull up in front of the, the hypermarché, the hypermarket <laughs> there and, uh, in Cognac, outside of Cognac. And Gary and I go in. We find the lemons, no problem. But we can't find the ice counter or the ice machine. And we finally ask somebody in our broken French. And they said, no, we don't sell ice here. <laughs> and we're like, oh, shit, we're not in America, are we? <laughs> they don't sell ice. Right. And we're like, we'll have to do something. And then we're walking out and we pass the uh, the fish counter, a whole display of fish on crushed ice. Oh. And, you know, Gary and I look at each other and our looks spoke a lot. His said, you know, those fish look really fresh. And I said, yeah, it looks like my, my looks kind of said it looks like they were just put out there. And we kind of looked at each other. Is this too crazy? And, you know, Gary was like, this is not too crazy. He was that kind of person that you know, if you had a crazy idea, 
he would go in with you no matter what. I mean, it was it was always better to do the crazy thing and, oh and, and then to regret not doing it. So we, we kind of like got them to get us a couple shopping bags and lifted up the shrimp, which looked really fresh, and, oh and scooped them full of ice. And we never said a word to anybody. So we had our ice. Wow. And we made well, cocktails. They didn't taste really fishy at all. Shrimp. <laughs> yeah, just a little. There was a little umami in them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very American twist on the but, side. Card. But you know, it's like he was not the person to hold you back on a situation no. like that. No. Nope. See what is on the cognac trip when we went to the party shop to pick up the costumes and stuff. I don't think he was. I don't Dale, think he was. You're, you're undermining yeah. this whole thing about this is such hard work, both of you. I know. Like, well, we had to make cocktails on a barge yeah, with yeah. fish ice. That's, so. that's cool. It's a challenge. It was it's a like, challenge. Yeah. It was hard work. For I hours. Loved, for 10 I loved, hours. I loved how over the years, with every email exchange uh, or conversation that Dave was anywhere near having to do with Gaz, oh, Gaz yeah. would razz you so hard. Oh. It was like you're cheap. You never pick up the tab. Do you want to tell uh, yeah. the origin? Well, of that it was story? on that same trip. Is, is <laughs> <laughs> we land in Paris and they say, "Okay, you've got the afternoon off after an overnight flight in coach from from America." Oh, Thank you. So you know, there's that aspect. You're not you're not usually getting right. treated super nice on the travel part, but then they then they pump you full of very good booze. So there is that. Uh, but anyway, so we had the afternoon off and we we said, "Let's go to Harry's bar." And we go to Harry's. New York bar, which opened in 1911 and is still there and is just glorious. And it was uh, the service there can be rude sometimes. It was not rude this afternoon that we were there. And the sun was shining in over our shoulder and we we're sitting at the point of the bar and we had a sidecar and uh, we had another sidecar and uh, it turns out they didn't take credit cards and I didn't have any euros and Gary did. So uh, he, he he paid for the two rounds, and then we had another round. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll just stop at a cash machine and you know get him back. And you know, uh, and suddenly our we we had way overstayed our time, and uh, we had to go off to dinner. And I did steal him an ashtray from the Ritz, which was the size of a very large coffee table book, because so they so that you wouldn't steal them. He never mentioned that part right. that I stole him. I stole the Ritz ashtray for him and put it in my bag. So Colin Peter Field will hate me forever. Uh, but anyway. Um, it turns out I couldn't get him back. I couldn't get to a cash machine. There weren't there weren't that many at the time, and uh, so, branded ever since. Uh, branded ever <laughs> oh, yeah. since. He, he finally forgave me, but uh, I still owe him drinks. Every, I'll always owe him drinks. Every opportunity oh, yeah. I, I re- <laughs> call you I, a cheapskate. I, yeah. I remember I was looking back through emails, you know, before yeah. before today and uh, the tribute the other night and. You know, he he even referenced it in some dinner, like you know, it was yeah. from like you know ten years ago. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I mean, I mean, is Dave gonna be there? Like, you know, it's like okay, like, and then somebody was like, oh, I'm not gonna say that, but like, Gary, well, you like, know, he he wouldn't have done it if we weren't friends. No, no, yeah. and it was That's done a, with he love. didn't he didn't do that to people who 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 couldn't defend themselves. And you I know, think, yeah. That's true. Well, and, and, you know, uh, he would take these trips that I would never take. You know, David maybe would never take because you go overseas. You know, you right. want to make, make some bread. You know right. what I mean? Sure. Yeah. You're flying and you get your flying coach. You know, right. you want to make – you know, I put a minimum to go right. sure, of course. Yeah. over there. But, you know, Gaz, they would call him up from Slovakia or they'd call him yeah. up from mm-hmm. Poland. And he'd say, well – 
just give me some walking around money while I'm there. Yeah. And that's the way yeah, that he Because he, he wanted to take care of those bartenders yeah. Yeah, and bring this thing Which to Which is why them, he know? was able to, like, reach so many people and mentor them. And, you know, he's kind of up for anything, you know. Well, I think when, when, when I was in Belfast with him, we got the – he asked for the walking around money and we landed. And <laughs> they gave us each an envelope of maybe 300 pounds. That's not, you know, what we would charge to do this as work. But it made for a very fun weekend yeah. in Belfast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, let's see now. Let's. Did you ever work in Russia? No, I, I, I they give you all of your pay the day you arrive in American hundred dollar bills. Wow, uh, I do it in huh. so that you can spend yeah. the ball while you're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so well, I love that all of Gary's emails. I don't know when he went to this, but they were always in that bizarre font. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was like a – it's like a very cheery Comic font. Sans. Comic it's Sans. always in Comic Sans. And he had his logo. And no matter like, you know, he'd be sending me an angry note about one of his stories. I mean, half full, you know, we're sort of honored to publish, I guess, Gary's last pieces. And, you know, it would be like a note like, why did you put that word in all caps but in this crazy Comic Sans? <laughs> so it's like really hard to take it seriously, right, that he's like irate over a one word, right? yeah. you know, or like one phrase. And it's in Comic Sans and it's just like, Gary, like mixed messages here, man. Like can we, can we put like the serious talk in like, you know, Times New Roman or something? Nah, like, he, he wouldn't do that. all Comic Sans. It was amazing. And I don't know when that started, but uh, as long as I can remember. There's a young uh, editor over at Random House who is the – editor who worked on Gaz's second edition of the mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Joy of Mixology and also is working on my second edition. Which just came out. The Crafted Cocktail. Yeah, the Joy came the out new like Crafted Cocktail. last so she's, year or year and a half. 20, 2018, yeah, yeah, came out at the end of She was shell-shocked when I got to her already. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> and then... Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, the meditations are kicking in the second email. Like the first email would be like irate, and then the second, like, okay, that's okay, 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 okay. Next, uh, okay, that's fine. Just going forward. Yeah, like going if you don't, forward. If if next, like this is what I said. This is what is published. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like I know what I, I know that it, Gary. Like, yep, uh huh. Like going forward, it would be. It doesn't sound like me. So you know, like okay. Well, next time we'll try we'll, get. We'll I get on. that though. We'll I, get we'll, that. I get yeah. it. I get Watch it. Watch your tone of voice. Yeah, yeah. I, and I've know. lost mine in the past, so I get. Yeah, it. yeah. It, 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 that's that's important. With with you know, I was like so. It, so especially when you're a columnist, which he was. Whether, whether or not you agree with modern rules of grammar. Such is life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jimmy Whatever. Breslin never right. paid attention hey. to modern yeah, right. grammar. <laughs> no, he grammar? wrote what he thunk. <laughs> <laughs> the spouse yeah. is out of the house. Right, yeah. well, that, that would explain a lot, Gary. You know, yeah. learning how to write from all the Breslin's columns and the papers on all the pubs that he worked. In, I, uh, I think I think he basically learned how to write from everybody who was who was talking to him at, at uh, oh, yeah. at Jimmy Duke's bar at at, at Drake's oh, Drum. You know? Wow. <laughs> well, that, I mean, it's yeah, it's. Sort of, and then, I mean, he went from there to – I mean, sort of Gary's almost kind of at the forefront of so many of these trends. Like, you know, he goes from there to that bar in the South Street Seaport where yeah. they had one of the first big, you know, selections of scotch like anywhere yeah. in, in, in New York. I mean, it's – which was so ahead of its time. I mean, and Drake's Drum was really kind of ahead of its time for the 70s style bars. You I know? wish it I had was, walked into that joint. It was uh, – I remember – I remember – I don't think I ever went in. I remember walking by it because it, too. Was, it was colorful, you know. It, was this, it had British flags all over it and stuff. I was a P.J. Clark's guy, so I never went to the – yeah. I didn't cheat on my uh, – Right. right. <laughs> I hardly <laughs> ever went up to that neighborhood because the right. drinks were always too expensive. <laughs> besides, I was broken. Yeah. Frank Conifer used to buy me 
Yeah. There, see, there pitch. you go. <laughs> did you make it down to the one of the South Street Seaport, what it was called? I did. The North Star, yeah. That's where I met him. Karen and I used to go, my, my wife and I used to go, uh, not frequently because we were in Brooklyn and poor, but we went sometimes. Yeah. Good. So the when, first time that Gaz came up to do his radio show at the Rainbow Room with Paul. Paul. What was their show called? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Drinks with Gary and Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He would right. come up there pretty regularly. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it was Which really lovely to beauty? invite your. I don't, <laughs> you can take your pick. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> it was lovely to, to invite your guests to the Rainbow yep. Room, and that, I mean, who doesn't yep. want to be on a radio show at the famous Rainbow Room? Right, you know, hi atop, you know, thirty one right. Center, coming to you from blah blah blah. And so always the bartender got to say a few words. You know, they were, mm-hmm. they were maybe, right. and uh, that first night, I'm pretty sure it was that first night after it was all over. He comes to the bar, and we're all feeling no pain. I don't know what we were drinking during the show. Right. I wasn't. They were. Right. Uh, I'm still behind the bar. Gaz looks over and says, I'm going to sing a song. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> the bar's pretty full. Right. Yeah. You know, oh, I, I said, uh, I okay. Song. And he sings O'Reilly's Daughter. That's the only song he full knew. Full throated. <laughs> and for the first two stanzas, I'm like, oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. You know, but as. People got into it, you know, which they did. <laughs> yeah, not everybody. No, 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 no. Because no. it's a filthy song. Right. But I just finally, just like when you're drowning, you just say, "Oh, what the hell?" Yep. They say it's the easiest way to go. <laughs> I made sure to put the text of that song in in, in the tribute booklet <laughs> because uh, you know he he would have wanted it there. They took yeah. a page out of he, old Blush's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. On on the on our Peru trip, at one point we were driving down a dirt road, you know, uh-huh. it's somewhere where it was just dark and the buses going back and forth, and Charlotte Voicey was on the buzz there's all these people and gaz stood up and took the microphone <laughs> and started singing this song and he's holding on and he's swaying back and forth but he was not going to sit down because he really wanted people to see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. and he sang this whole song about oh. self-love <laughs> i was like God. it was the funniest oh, part of the trip that's yeah it was amazing. classic gaz he would I mean, what was amazing to hearing all these different people talk about gary or gaz was that he had a different relationship with everybody. Yeah. I mean, and and what everybody needed, he was that person to yeah. them. He was always a bartender, you know. He had mm-hmm. that relationship. Everybody was kind of like his regulars. We all, like, had our own thing with him. And, you know, none of the relationships were the same. It was kind of amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's true. I remember he he wrote a thing for me a couple of years ago about um, the bartender at the Ritz, uh, Norman. Uh, Norman Bukoff, sir. Yeah, yeah. and enormous famous who retired, you know, only a year or two ago. And he was saying for his Manhattans. Gary would spend a lot of time at the Ritz. And it was the one on Central Park South. Norman, also, you could never get a recipe out of him. It was always different ratio depending upon the, the whiskey you wanted and the vermouth. And and um, I remember Gary said that he went in and, you know, he he'd always normally would say, oh, Mr. Regan, wonderful to have you. And he'd be like, call me Gary, call me Gary. Like, oh, please, I'm here all the time. Right? And it's like, oh, of course, Mr. Regan, whatever you want, Mr. Regan. <laughs> Gary comes in with some friend. Uh-huh. And like immediately Norman starts calling him like, Bill, hey, Bill, how's it going, buddy? And Gary's like, what the, you know, and the yeah. whole night, you know. Yes, Mr. Regan, what can I get you? Like, Bill, another, re- you know, like going on and on, right? And Gary's just getting real steamed, right? He's yeah. like, you know, and finally he's like, Norman, come over here. Like, I'm, I've been coming here for years. I've been telling you to call me Gary. 
you know, this guy comes in first night. You're calling him by his first name. Why won't you call me Gary? Like this guy. Me. And Norman's like, uh, come here, Gary. And it's like, I'm doing it because I knew it would drive you fucking crazy. <laughs> He loved it. He yeah. loved it. Yeah. And it totally Norman did. was going to come, yeah. but he's pretty oh, sick. Oh, yeah. He doesn't live in town anymore. Oh. Yeah, like, I saw he was on the, the list for the tribute. And Norman yeah, was, yeah. I mean, he's a legendary. I mean, he deserves his own show. I love Norman. I know. He's, you, don't know you know what Norman's famous saying goes? What was that? I don't mix drinks. I mix people. Yeah. <laughs> he he was right. also uh, one of my other mentors in, in life, uh, David Granger, the editor of Esquire. He was, uh, David Granger was a favorite customer of oh, yeah. Norman's I mean, as he, well. you know. I think he was a guest at Liam Neeson's wedding. You know, all these you know yeah. celebrities who stayed at the Ritz love Norman. His bar was like four seats. And it's, I love the image of just Gary sitting there for years, yeah. almost as like his co-host, you know, of like <laughs> yeah. of the Ritz bar, you know, Gary and uh, yeah. Norman show. I mean, yeah. you know, is no wonder he was able to do the Paul's radio show. He had years of experience co-hosting this <laughs> celebrity show. show. Yeah. I mean, I what I wouldn't give to sit at that bar. Oh, can you imagine? The two of them. Yeah, back in the day. Unbelievable. Well, those are the bars, you know, where the, the, the saying is true. You don't go to bars, you go to bartenders. I mean, that's yeah. the only reason I went to that bar. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise, why would you go? Food in that bar. No, yeah, why would you go? No, it, I mean, it was, it was, you know, it was a small bar, right? You would miss it if you weren't looking for yeah. it. Only a few seats, uh, you know, and you just walk right by in the hotel. But, I mean, I think that was what Gaz was always trying to impart to uh, younger bartenders is be somebody, you know? Don't just be a, be like a drink mixer. Be somebody. Be a person. Yeah. Be a personality. Use your personality. Grow a personality. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, 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 borrow it, one to start. Yeah, borrow <laughs> one to start. Exactly. Oh, yeah. But that's was, that's how doing, you get noticed. Uh, his seminars on mindful bartending yeah. and and really thinking through your mm -hmm. experience oh, yeah. with the guest and and being entertaining. Uh, Gaz, I, another funny story uh, that I have is when we opened the Pegu Club. And you know we were we we're running around like crazy and trying to get everything done and and we're ready for our very first friends and family and and I I think most of you were yeah. there mm -hmm. right and Gaz was at the front door like he had to be the first one to come in <laughs> and and he and we we opened the door and he literally ran up the stairs went right to the bar and went up to Phil Ward and was like. I want a Pegu club. And he, it was so important that he was the first one oh, that's amazing. to have the oh very God. first Pegu, Pegu club, club at the Pegu club. That's a column. And he, yeah. and he walked yeah. around and, and you all, and it was, you know, it was like Dale that came in and, yeah. Dave came, and he looked at both of you and was like, I was the first. <laughs> Let it be known. Let it be known. <laughs> Write that in your history the book, annals. Dave. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh God. Well, thank you both for, for joining us today and, and celebrating uh, the one and only Gary Regan, uh, Gaz, to many. Uh, you know, he will he'll be sorely missed by, I think, all of us. And all of us. God knows how many other people around the world uh, whose lives he definitely touched and, and changed and, you know, mentored. So uh, we'll raise a uh, finger stirred Negroni to Gary. Uh, I'll never think of a Negroni again without him. So. <laughs> That's right. Cheers. We'll miss Cheers. you, Gaz. We'll miss you, Gaz. These celebrations are taking place around the world, by the way. He traveled everywhere and made friends everywhere he went. And also people he really pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> They're squares. Yeah. And screw them. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Dave and I encourage you to drink responsibly always. 